And here it is, you know, I'm still here, I'm still standing, and we are part of a wave, a move of God's Spirit. But I'm telling you, this huge thing that He promised is still on the way. There are, there are sons and daughters that are coming into the kingdom that, that are so longing for Papa's love, that are so longing for a family. You know, you've heard me talk about it off and on, so this is not a new thing, but what I'm telling you is, we're in a new time. The message of what you've heard me say about, about why we're alive, about this, the revival that is sweeping through this region, that's not new, but the time we're living in is new. We, we are in an entirely different time, and this is not me hyping it up. I don't feel like I'm getting up here with a megaphone and going, come on, you guys, let's go through the dance again. You know, God's going to move. It's going to be great. No, it's just going to happen, and it's, it is so soon, um, I, I can barely stand it inside. You know, like, oh, no, this is going to happen. And the thing is, is he's been getting us ready for a long time for this. See, when I first was, when I was first, um, you know, getting the Lord's word about revival and opening up myself up to the Holy Spirit and seeing that, wow, healing is for today and all those cool things. I was searching everywhere for revival in Northern California. I mean, Northern, North America. And wherever it was, I was there in these, in these revival services that were going on because I was so hungry for the more. And, and I was convinced that, that the revival was going to be, at one point, I was convinced it was going to be all about healing. I had seen so many people healed. I've, I have prayed for uh, paralyzed people that have gotten up out of the wheelchair. I've prayed for blind people that have seen, deaf people that have heard. I've, I've really, everything Jesus promised, um, I didn't want that anyway. Everything Jesus promised is, it's, it's happening. But you know what? That didn't, just by healing some people, that didn't bring about this huge transformation, reformation in society that we're promised. It's part of it. Don't get me wrong. It's not like we're throwing that out now. No, it's part of it. Then, then there was a time in which I thought it was just going to be, you know, a huge party. It's just going to be a lot of, you know, revivals, just wahoo, and it's all about a party. And believe me, I love partying in the spirit. Like, I love it when the Holy Spirit shows up and people just get happy because we need to get happy. And that's part of it. But there's so much more. See, what God's after is he's after transformation, reformation of society, which is going to start right here inside of each one of you, inside of your own heart, by you giving him access to your heart, letting him do what he needs to do, which we've all been doing, right? I mean, if you've been here for any length of time, God's been going deep, right? And you've been letting him. I've been watching you. And we're different. We're a lot different than we were a couple years ago. We really are. Sometimes we can't see our own progress. You know, others can sometimes see it in us easier than we can see it in ourselves. But I'm telling you, you've changed. You're different. You're moving from glory to glory to glory. And what I'm realizing is that the, the revival that's going to cause, you know, reformation, that's going to change society is a heart revival. But it's going to look like something. It's still going to look like something. It's going to look like a lot of love. Because if you really get down to what the Lord says is the maturity where he's bringing us to, it is all about the love. He is causing us to grow up in Christ in all things in love. That's in Ephesians 4. In other words, he's making us, God is love, right? And he's making us lovers just like himself. So, so that we can go to, whether we go to other countries, uh, other groups, uh, nationality groups, or whether it's just in our own homes, that heart revival that's going on is changing us, and it's changing our homes, and it's now starting to impact cities and regions and nations. Um, a few weeks ago, we showed you a, a, you know, this clip of uh, Winds of Change. Um, I just want to show you the, uh, we're not going to show the clip right now, but this was the part of the clip we showed you. Okay. Come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, it's not me? Okay. Cool. Thanks. Oh, you know what? I should just use this moment to do this. There we go. All right. A little housekeeping. Um, 
So we shared about winds of change. This is, um, and I want to tell you that we've got a lot of questions from people like, what, what were you guys really talking about? What is winds of change? Well, I'm going to tell you something. Winds of change is not a program. It's not the next cool, slick, whatever that we're going to do. It is, it is uh, um, a wineskin to hold the times we're living in. That's the best way I can say it. Practically, this is what it's going to look like. Because everything I'm going to tell you now, you're going to go, oh, well, that's a program. No, it's not at all. We, we started, when we started, we, we were praying and asking God, God, what times are we living? What do we need to be doing? But this is what it's going to look like. In starting in January, in the middle of January, we're going to be having Wednesday night services every other week, all together, not, uh, it's in, in a church in, um, in Dublin. But Wednesday nights, where we're going to experience together winds of change, which is all about a heart revival service, where Holy Spirit is going to come in and do what He wants to do, have His way, and we're going to we're going to let Him let Him go there deeper and deeper and deeper. A lot of people have been asking for a midweek service for a long time, and I never do things because it's a cool thing to do, or because people are even asking for it. I do things when the Lord says, "This is what I want you to do. This is that time." But we realize that, that in addition to us going deeper and giving God more and more access to our hearts, that we also need to be um, experiencing um, relationships with each other at a deeper level. Because the honest, honestly, what happens is many of you come in here, you experience the Lord, it's good. In fact, you get prayer and some of you get touched, it's awesome. But also, many of you are leaving here as lonely as you came. And um, that's not God's plan for family. And so on the alternate Wednesday nights, we're going to have regional home groups. We actually gathered about 30. We are training up already about 30 uh, small group um, past, uh, small, small group leaders who are going to be over these regional groups. And they're going to be all over the Bay. I'm going to say right now approximately 10, maybe upwards of 15 groups that we're going to be launching in January. So that this is what I'm challenging you with. Um, none of you have to do this, obviously. And some of you are already in your minds are going, man, do I even have time for this? I got this, I got that. This is what I want to say is we're living in a very different time. This is what we believe the Holy Spirit said, that we, if, you, if you will do these things, you, you're, going to, you're going to be in such a different place together as a family in six months. So from, from January through June, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to um, to consider giving one uh, one night a week t- together with us to to go somewhere with the Lord. Now, of course, it's never it never ends with just what He's going to do in our hearts. That's where it starts, but that's not where it ends, because from that place He wants us to impact impact our societies. Now, another odd, interesting fact about Blazing Fire is that about three quarters of you or more are not from this valley. You're traveling from all over the place. And so that's why we're having these groups in your regions. One, so that you don't have to travel back here every week. But more importantly is because we want those groups, as you start to go deeper together, as you start to um, knit your hearts together in the presence of God, he's going to give you more and more of his heart for your region. And there's things you're going to step out, you're going to do together as a group to impact your own region. So there's a lot more I could say, and there's a lot more we will be saying in the future, but I wanted to just stop and explain a little bit. The third element is just that last year we captured um, a, a bunch of video of our School of Supernatural Ministry. Many of you had wanted to attend our school, but you couldn't because your, your schedules didn't allow, because of work or school, you couldn't come to a, a full day school. And so what we're going to do is, is um, we're actually going to give you access to watch um, a couple of the videos every two weeks we'll assign like another video or two for you to watch at home. We're going to come together, experience the Holy Spirit together, give him access to our hearts, experience the winds that change heart revival together. And then you're going to go into your regional groups the following week and live it out in a much deeper level. Um, I, I just think it's phenomenal. It, it's very much like the book of Acts. And, um, 
So there you go. I, I know you probably have more questions. I, we will answer them. I would say in a couple of weeks, you ought to be able to actually sign up, see where these regional groups are and sign up for them and start to get ready for it. But it's all the first big night uh, together is going to be uh, Wednesday, January the 8th. And so then the following week is going to be in the, in the homes. Um, so that's winds of change. Um, I wanted to explain that to you. I, this is what I believe. This is a, um, I can't remember if I thought of this or someone else said it. So, um, <laughs> but I'm, I still believe it, whether it was me or someone else. I believe that those who carry genuine hope into this next season will be the most influential people in the world. I believe, I believe that the world is hungry for hope. People are hurting out there, as you well know. People are hurting inside the church as well. And it's because we, we lack hope. Whenever we lack hope, we start to go back to that depressed place and things aren't going to work out. Uh, where's God? Uh, but the world, those that don't know Jesus yet, they, believe me, they are mired in that. They may look like they have it all together. And, and especially in a region like this, that is, that is a more affluent section of the Bay Area. Believe me, there are empty hearts out there. And, and, you carry the hope. You have the hope right inside of you. I understand we all forget at times. We all need reminders too of the hope that we carry. But I'm saying you already carry the hope. You are the, you are the change agents that God is bringing right into your regions. Um, and so tonight I want to, um, let me go to the next one. I want to talk about hope. Actually, pretty quickly, I'm not going to talk a long time. I am getting the feeling, actually, you're all pretty with me tonight, which is awesome. But I was just wondering how much, you know, turkey and tryptophan is still in our system, you know. And, <laughs> um, but it does, tonight with all the testimonies, it did feel like a, just an extension of, of our family times that we started the last couple of days. Um, so I'm going to do this pretty quickly, and then I'm going to share uh, a couple clips with you um, of something that I hope just brings you hope, okay? I hope brings you hope. Those were two different, very different definitions of hope in one sentence. I'm not even going to go there. Um, Romans 5, starting, uh, this is verses 2 to 5, although I'm, this right here is just verse 2, um, this slide, this particular slide. So the black part is what's actually in the scripture. The blue part is what I added as, as we're looking at, as I'm looking at the, uh, the Greek words and just giving added definition to it. So it says, um, this, you're not going to see hope yet in this verse. It's coming in the next verses after this, but it says through Christ, we have obtained access or admission by faith, which is agreement with God into his grace. That's God's action on your behalf in which we stand. In other words, it's, it's a condition that's always there. And we rejoice, and that word actually means a, a massive boasting in the hope of the glory of God. That's actually his character, who he is to the core of his being. Now, that's a lot of words. So the next slide I'm going to show you, this is going to be Brent Locker's translation, or Brent's living translation. Either way, it's BLT, okay? All right. <laughs> so you can chew on this a little differently, okay? And this is what I said. This is my translation of this. Through what Jesus has done for us, God has given us free admission into his favor as we agree with God that he is super abundantly good. All that leaves room for is to boast big time in the astounding character of our awesome God and the wonder of knowing he's making us just like himself. There you go. So I'm going to start my own translation soon. That's actually how they do that. Those that do paraphrases, they go back to the original language, they start pulling out those cool thoughts and concepts, and then they just come up with really flavorful words to tell it. That's all they're doing. But that's the last verse. Now let's look at the next two verses, or three verses together, which is, come on, there it is. So this is the last three, this is uh, still Romans 5. More than that, so that if that isn't enough, if, the, if that wasn't enough good stuff, there's more. We rejoice in our sufferings. Okay, most of us don't think about rejoicing in our sufferings, our trials. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. 
That word hupomone means hanging in there under pressure. And endurance produces character, which is the quality of being approved as a result of tests and trials. And character produces hope. Now we've finally gotten to hope. There was a point to all this. I was getting to hope. Hope is this giddy childlike expectation of good. I've explained this before in here. Hope is what a little child feels the night before Christmas when they can't go to sleep. They are so dang excited. Why? Because they've lived Christmas a few times. They know what's coming the next day. That's a picture of hope. That's what hope is. Hope has substance. It's not like, gee, I wish this happens. Hope is you know you know what's coming and you can't stand it. You're so excited. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. All right, here's, here's the BLT. You ready? Prince, Prince Living Translation. I can keep my joy in the midst of hard times because I'm certain that Papa is training me to hang in there under pressure while he gives me his affirmation and a childlike heart to expect his good to come. Therefore, going through hard times is never shameful, but it's a springboard to experience more intimacy with the Holy Spirit who walks with me and to revel in the love of my Father who is working all things out for my good. Thank you. (laughs) I receive that affirmation. (sighs) But just take this in for a minute. This is real. This is real. This hope, hope is real. We need, we need hope. Um, like I said, hope is something that has substance. It's not just, I wish, I wish, oh God, are you ever going to show up? That's not hope. But he's taking you through some things. Now remember who wrote this. Some of you, you might be thinking, Brent, you have no idea what I've been through. You wouldn't be throwing those trite little verses up there if you knew what I was going through. Well, all I could tell you is that the guy who wrote it, Paul, went through things that most of us have never gone through. I mean, you know, close to death many times for his faith. Um, I could go on and on, but you get my point. That's who's writing this. He's saying, I've learned. I've learned how to be a joy-filled camper all the time. And it has nothing to do with what is going on or not going on circumstantially around me. It has nothing to do with that. It's because I got this thing inside of me that knows what it knows, that knows that my papa is for me, and there's nothing you or anybody else can do that's going to sway me. That's how he stays filled with joy. That's where his hope comes from. So I want to look at those few words because they're so important, and they all check this out. This is going to be kind of interesting. All these words intermingle. So hope. Another definition is remembering God's promises and expecting them to come to pass. One of the reasons I started tonight by sharing with you the things that God told me about, about his spirit sweeping through this region is we've got to remember the promises. Certain ones are going to be personal promises he's given you. Do not let those go. You hang on to those. You keep bringing them back up. Not, not like, God, where are you? And didn't you promise this? And what's your problem? That's not what I mean. I'm saying... God, I know this is going to happen because you told me and I know your character. Some of the promises are going to come in the way of his word that really jump out of the page at you. When that happens, by the way, write it down in your Bible. I know some of you are like, you can't write in a Bible. You can't write in any book, let alone a Bible. Yes, you can. Uh, I encourage it because here's what happens. The Holy Spirit will touch you often and, and a lot of us say, you know, say to ourselves, oh, well, I really should journal that. Ever, any of you? you know, I really, oh, yeah, I should get around to journaling that dream or that whatever. How many times does that not happen? Many times. But when you're, when you're reading scripture and something jumps out at you, jot, sometimes I just put a, a star, sometimes I'll put the date, and sometimes I'll put a little phrase of what he's speaking to me. And I will go back, and sometimes I'll revisit it, sometimes a decade later. And and it will breathe fresh wind over me because I remember that day when the Lord spoke this over me. So I just want to encourage that because you've got to remember the promises and then that expectation in your heart that it's going to come to pass. But hope works along with faith. These words were all in that scripture we just read in, in Romans 5. And faith, again, is agreement 
that his heart is abundantly good. Faith is just agreement. Sometimes we make way too much out of faith. I don't have enough faith. Oh God, you know, I need more faith. I need faith. I don't have faith. No, you have... Jesus is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Hebrews 12. Let me just say that again. Jesus is the author. That means he started it. And the perfecter, he's going to finish it, of your faith. That's where it comes from. Everything you have and need comes from him, right? So faith is no different. So what is faith actually? It's, it's simply agreement with God. It's just, and mostly it's an agreement that he's that good. He's that good. Because that's where the struggle is. That's where the enemy's trying to tear you down. Is, is lying to you that God isn't good. He's forgotten about you. Things aren't going to work out. That's the kind of crud you've got to wade through and remember, oh yeah, God is good. That's what faith is. And, and the, the third one is patience or endurance. The hanging in there under pressure is waiting to see God's goodness win out in my life. And that word waiting, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, is, is an intertwining and embracing with God. So waiting is not twiddling your thumbs waiting for something to happen. Waiting is actually engaging your heart with his. And, and, and that's what causes the expectation. So now look at these three. Look at these three together. Hope. If you have hope, you're remembering his promises and faith. You're agreeing that he's good. Look what's going to happen. You're going to endure. You will. You're going to stick it out. Why? Because you know the truth. He's given you everything you need to hang in there under pressure. But you can flip these around. So, so if you've got, if you, if you have um, patience, you're, you're waiting, you're, you're, you're going through hard things, but you know God is, is good. You're agreeing, you have faith, you're agreeing in your heart that he's good. Well then, of course you're going to have hope. Of course the expectation is going to be there. These things just intermingle. They're all, they all feed on each other. I could go the third one, but I'm getting confused just saying it. So I'm going to move on. <laughs> it's all true. But the last one is love. Love is the power that's going to make it all happen. And when you say, wait a minute, I thought God was going to make it all happen. Absolutely. God is love. Everything he does is motivated out of love. He, doesn't, he can't do anything outside of love. And so love is the huge generator. It's the motor. It's the, it's the engine causing all this thing to go. So um, I want to encourage you tonight. Because <sighs> I said a lot of words. But what you really need to remember is that the hope's been planted inside of you already. Jesus has already given you the faith. The endurance, the things you've gone through, the hard things. Let me tell you, it's building some tremendous character in you. And here's why it's so important. Because in order for you to bring, be hope bringers to the rest of the world, you've got to have it here first. You've got to know in your own trials... The Lord's going to come through because he always has. When has he, ever let me, you know, when has he ever failed me? You've got to know these things for yourself first. But he's, he's training you and he's causing you to see it over and over and over again. So that in the midst of other people's trials, you're not only going to be the one that offers the hope, but you're going to believe it. They're not going to be empty words. They're not going to feel like empty words. And believe me, I've been in positions, and I know you all have too, where there's been times where... I'm, I'm maybe feeling low on the, on the hope chart a little bit. And all of a sudden, God puts me in the path of somebody else who needs hope. And oh my gosh, it's all there. Like I can pray over them and I can, I'm telling them what God's going to do and how good he is. And I 100% believe it. What, what is that? I thought I was just struggling a little bit with hope. No, because he's been doing a whole lot more in you than you ever imagined along the way. It's in, there's a reservoir in there of hope. It's real. So you have it to give away. I know there are times we still need it. We forget. But I'm saying for the most part, even if you're not feeling it, when he puts you in the path of somebody who needs hope, you have it. It's what he's been doing as he's been bringing you through the hard things in life. So this is what I want to do. Um, I want to show you a couple of video clips uh, from a movie. Now, first thing I have to ask is, how many of you have seen the old movie, It's a Wonderful Life? Show, show me your hands. Look at that. Awesome. I was guessing about a third of you were going to raise your hands. I don't know why, but you know, I think it was the 1940s, wasn't it, when it came out? 
Um, and so it's, it's an old movie, and, and uh, the further along we go, the less people have seen it. But that was at least two-thirds of you. So I'm going to explain a teeny bit of it, but, but uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, just understand there's no way I could tell the whole story because you just got to go watch it. But it's totally worth watching. Just as many of you said, we, we, we watch it every year. So if you haven't seen it yet, here's your um, preview. Um, the, the, the character is George Bailey, um, and the, he's the main character, and he um, they go through his life. They show how, as a boy, he, he um, did so many things that made a bigger difference than he knew, including saving his little brother Harry's life, who fell into the ice, and he was there to pull him out. So he did all these amazing things along the way, and he's just a pretty likable guy. He's a pretty, um, you know, gentle, loving person. And uh, but somewhere along the way, he starts um, he starts forgetting as an adult. He's, life starts giving him these twists and turns that are really hard. Um, he wanted to go off after college and kind of make something of himself, but it turns out he has to stay home and and you know uh, carry his dad's business, his savings and loan because his dad died. Um, and uh, so his dreams started getting crushed along the way. But you know what? He's still a good guy. And he helps the people in the community. And they're, you know, he's helping those that can't afford to get houses, to, to buy houses. He's making a difference in his community. And um, along the way, something happens. And he, uh, not his fault, but, but a whole bunch of money is lost. And um, he is now despondent. Um, and it's at this point... Um, Actually, early in the movie, but it's at this point where we find out that he has a, a guardian angel, Clarence, who you're going to see in this movie, who is sent to help him. To help him, and I will tell you this, the reason why I'm showing this clip tonight, because primarily what Clarence was doing was giving him hope. He had, he had just lost hope. He had forgotten who he was. And, and uh, so, first what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a clip of of kind of him in his despondent place, just about a minute and a half. It's kind of hard to watch some of this, actually, cause, because, uh, and you have to, if you've seen the movie, or if you haven't seen it, you have to understand, this is totally not his character. It's not who he is. He's, he's a good father, a good husband, but you know what? He just lost it. He is so despondent now. And so this is, this next clip is him as he is um, feeling it, feeling the weight of the hopelessness. Except we need some sound, Jim. Yay, Jim. Tell me when you think you're ready. I'll try it again. Jesus adores you. (laughs) That was easy. Where's the easy button? (laughs) Which is actually hope. What I right there. You ready? Should I try it?
So that was actually a pretty good of him to um, George Bailey to turn around and apologize to the kids. That was good, but still he was despondent, hopeless. So he goes out, uh, starts drinking at a bar, um, which is what happens when we have hopelessness. We will try to medicate it in some way, and there's a whole lot of a whole lot of ways we can try to do that. And so um, in this bar, I just want to show you this. This is a real short one. but just want to show you the, the, his, the prayer, at least in his despondency, he starts calling out to God. the guy he was on the phone with that is now going to actually punch him in the face and he goes from bad to worse. He's going to have a bloody mouth. He's going to go out and get in the car, drive drunk. He's going to smash his car into a tree. And this is about the point in which he's thinking about that his life is, uh, he's worth more dead than alive. At least his family will have life insurance if he kills himself. So he's about to do that. He's, this is the next clip. And uh, the, the older guy you're going to see in the show is, is Clarence, his guardian angel. And um, so here's the next quick clip. Now, some of you are like, I want to watch the whole movie. You have to go home and watch the movie. Um, but Clarence threw himself into the water so that George would save him instead of taking his own life. And thus starts the relationship between George and his guardian angel. So his guardian angel, Clarence, tries to tell him, your life is worth living. And George just won't believe him no matter what. So finally, George says to him, you know, it would be better off if I was never even born. And Clarence says, checks with heaven, says, okay. And so the re- a bunch of the movie is about what life would be like if he was never born. So then he goes around the town, and of course nobody knows him. Um, he meets Mary, but she doesn't. she's not married to him. She doesn't know him. Um, her, his brother does die because he wasn't there to save him. And in, and in fact, his brother, who goes into the military later, doesn't save a whole bunch of other people that he was going to save in the military because every life impacts other lives. So it's a whole story of him seeing that all the things that he thought were just little things were, were really big to God. And I, I want to stop and say that to each one of you, that, that the, the, little, the little, what seems to us to be the little acts of kindness, the love, um, just you know, calling someone back who's had a hard day and offering them hope, it, it means a lot more than you could possibly imagine. And so... Um, at the end of this, you know, there's no way to go into all the details. I just can't. You're going to have to watch it if you haven't seen it. But, but by the end of this, I'm going to show the last, the last segment of this movie where he finally comes to realize he does want to live. His life does matter. 
And this is the point I'm trying to make before you watch it, is, is it's, it's hope. Clarence injected hope back into him. And because of that, watch what happens as he decides he wants to live again. Watch what happens in his relationship with his kids, with his wife, even with the, the, the bad guy in the movie, Mr. Potter. Um, everything's changed in how he sees the world, though in that moment, none of his circumstances have changed yet. You understand that? He comes back to all the same circumstances. It's just that he doesn't care because now he sees it with a whole different lens. And that's what hope does for you. So we're going to watch this and do one more thing. Sorry, he's just about to... Just about to cry out to God that he wants his life back. Thank <laughs> you. 
$25,000 salary. Hey, Law, and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. <laughs> There we go. One thing I want to remind you, even from that clip, this is this is true. I'm no, I, I can't say I know exactly how it all works, but this is I do know this to be true: that that hope attracts heaven's blessing. There, there's something very real about it. I'm not saying God doesn't bless us when we're not filled with hope. I don't mean that, but I'm saying there's something tangible about hope when we choose to believe in the midst of what looks like bad circumstances that gets heaven excited. The angels like they want to lean in and do something. And so, uh, you know, so for George, you know, just came in, in all the seeds that he had, earlier, Cindy talked about the seeds that we're sowing. And thank you for that prayer. That was awesome earlier. That, she intercessor like crazy there. Um, but when we sow those seeds, of kindness it's not just money money is seeds too but when we sow what we sow in the kingdom it does come back to us it really does so um i had some of the things we were going to do but we're not and uh yeah i will say this that when people ask for your prayer what they're really saying is restore my hope do you know that when people are asking you to pray for them think about this they're saying, would you agree with heaven in such a way that my hope is restored, that you're, you're going to agree with what's coming for me? That's exactly what you're doing when you're praying for people. And, yup, and yup, and we'll come back to that one. I'll play that one when we're praying. Uh, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And so the last thing, this is my challenge to you. Who can you offer hope to? Every day that you're alive, look for somebody. 
I, I guarantee you there's not going to go, a day is not going to come into your life where you do not have the opportunity to give someone hope. It, you just have to be looking for it. And, and chances are you're going to give many people hope through the day. But just realize every time you do, it matters. So some of you might be needing some of that hope tonight too. That's, I definitely want to make sure we have prayer teams. Um, I wanted to ask if some of the people that went on the mission trips either to uh, Round Valley or to um, Thailand, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up and, and offering prayer for people, that would be awesome. Just giving hope. So um, let me just, yeah, come on up if you're willing. That would be awesome. And, you know, if there's a few others, I want to make sure we have, we, we uh, I mean, I could start calling people, but let me just say this. Let me just say this. If you're a person who's been around her a while, in other words, you get our culture of love and grace and honor and all the rest, and you're particularly feeling hope-filled this night, I'm inviting you to come up and, and pray for people. So if that's you, be bold, get up out of your chair, come on up. Wow, you're like, did he just say that, really? <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Marilyn. Woohoo, Justin, perfect. I saw your nod. Does that mean you're coming up? Come up here. <laughs> awesome, perfect. You can come up for other reasons, too, but I want to make sure if you're like, would you pray for me so that I can have my hope restored about something, then you have someone you can do that with. So I'm reminding you again, you carry a lot more glory, God's glory, his character inside of you than you could possibly imagine, which means you have a lot more to give away than you could possibly imagine. So even if you're not feeling it, when God gives you the opportunities, please offer hope to people, pray for them, tell them, just even saying, you know, Steve a moment ago said, hey, you got a word, and I said, yeah, Jesus loves you like crazy, or whatever I said, that, that's hope. Hope is that. Hope is God's going to work all things out for your good. Those are not empty phrases. They're 100% true. And the more you get it for yourself, you're going to give it away with conviction. You're going to know that it's true for other people. So I bless you with that. I'm going to go ahead and back it up. And, and if you want, you can sing O Holy Night. Uh, but you also can come on up here for prayer. I just did that song because of, uh, because of the thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. But Jim, can you pull it down a little bit so we can pray for people? So come on up if you need prayer. Actually, go ahead and kick it up. Never mind. Some people are singing. Go ahead.